This week, Last Week on Earth is brought to you by Audible.com. Kobe Bryant getting divorced. Kim Jong-il, now Kim Jong-dead. James Franco gets Professor fired. Americans soon might be detained indefinitely. Barbara Walters smacks down the Kardashians. We lose another drone. Chaz Bono, no more sexo fiance. Romney is a disobedient child. Plus our guest, Greg Proops. All this and more during the last week on Earth with Ben Glebe. Do not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. figure out how many sides a triangle has I, do, I can't i can't manage it in my mind i can t- i know it's pointy does that count as sides as points i don't know as I, I feel like triangles operate on a point system uh what's going on everybody this is ben glee this is last week on earth um those are those two facts <clears throat> and um it's been an interesting week another pretty insane one we are brought to you this week by air we've been free for too long now that you're hooked here come the service fees, motherfucker. And we also have another another actual sponsor uh, again this week, audible.com. Um, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash last week, you can get a free audiobook and a free 14-day trial as well. 85,000 books to choose from. Check that shit out, okay? Um, coming up in a few minutes, we have a dear friend of mine. My guest today on Last Week on Earth is the very funny, quick-witted, brilliant comedian Greg Proops. Um, who you may know from Whose Line Is It Anyway, both the British and American versions. Um, he played the role of Fode in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, and was in the animated series Star Wars The Clone Wars. You know him from Chelsea Lately, and now is the host of the acclaimed podcast The Smartest Man in the World. I'll be going head-to-head with the world's smartest individual. Um, that's the kind of balls I have. It's not the kind of brain I have. It's stupidity. I have dumb balls. My balls lack in intelligence, so I throw myself into situations that I'm not prepared for, and um, it's good for everybody but me. It's kind of it creates a train wreck situation, and people enjoy it. People rubberneck their way, looking at my shame and misery as the world turns. I just quoted the name of a soap opera, so I regret that very much. Like sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. Why do I know so many soap opera things? I wish I didn't know any soap opera things. Marlena. I am evil, Marlena. I don't know. I won for one week. One time when I was a kid, I watched my best friend made me, best friend male made me watch a week of soap operas. He used to miss school to watch Days of Our Lives, Jason did. And uh, I watched for one week. 
and couldn't have hated it more. And then no joke. And the whole plot of this one, the day of her lives that week was Marlena didn't remember who she was. She had amnesia. I swear to God, one year later during summer, I was scanning through past it again. And literally the dialogue I, I passed by was, Marlena, you don't know who you are still? She's like, I don't know. It had not advanced an inch. It was Groundhog Day before its time. Uh, so that was sad. Um, before we get into world events, um, I had an interesting last week. I went to Telluride, Colorado for a gig and attempted snowboarding for the second time in my life. But I had not done it in years, five years earlier once. So I did it again, took a lesson. And um, let me explain how it went. I hurt myself badly, whiplash in the neck, uh, still can't lift my legs. I have sore muscles, uh, banged my head several times, bruises on, on my buttocks. Great time, though. Really nice time. I recommend it to anybody. And then I came back to L.A. on Saturday and went to a ugly sweater party. And I bought an ugly sweater in Telluride, Colorado, last minute at a thrift store. Only one I could get. It wasn't ugly enough. So I had to adjust, and I quickly – I was at a friend's house, and, and, and they had little red uh, mini ornaments that I put onto my nipple part of my sweater as ornament nipples. I thought it would really up the festivity of the fest of the festivities. Which you, you can, can, that can be done. And, um, early in the night, one of them fell off and got crushed under the feet of, st- uh, stomping partygoers. And I felt as though the party was nippleless from that point and it was hard for me to continue. Um, so I feel bad about it, but you know, somewhere someone knows they got a little nipple action that party and they, they, they crushed that shit. Not in a great way, but they can tell themselves that, you know? Um, a lot of big things happened last week, and we should start with the biggest. I probably don't even need to, you know, I don't even need to tell you what the story is. You all know it's been covered incessantly in the news. It's shocking. It's a little sad. It's um, it's a difficult, ambiguous time for the future. Of course, I'm referring to Kobe Bryant's wife filing for divorce. This... I don't know how Kobe's going to move on. I mean, granted, he has thousands of other women who he beds probably nightly who can ease the blow, literally. They will ease their way into the blow and make him forget about his divorce problems. But at the same time, uh, Vanessa stood by him for so long. You know, it seems as though she was willing to put up with cheating when it came with sexual assault allegations. But when it's just plain cheating, maybe it was too boring for her. I don't know what the straw that broke the camel's back was, but um, I do know the rumors are swirling about it, and the rumors are that she finally had enough when Kobe may have cheated with Carla DiBello. You're saying, who's Carla DiBello? Well, who's to blame for every ill in our society? Dear friend of Kim Kardashian. Dear friends, um, the Kardashians cannot stay away from my Lakers. You're pushing me into the Clippers' arms, okay? Blake Griffin invited me on episode one, and I'm considering it more and more strongly every day. Um, several websites claim DiBello has been on close terms with the millionaire athlete for the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, she's been spotted courtside at Laker games. When you're cheating, do not bring your mistress to your televised place of work. I feel as though that is always a bad move. Um, and, um, interesting fact about Miss DeBella, however, is that, um, she's a producer on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Courtney and Kim Take New York. So it is now conclusively proven this woman really is great at producing drama. She's like, She's like TNT, both the network and the explosive. Um, 
Kobe's wife, Vanessa, um, who stuck by him, you know, for the 10 years or the eight years after the rape allegations, um, finally had enough. And, and just, you know, fun fact about their relationship, the pair met when she was just 18 years old. Um, when she was working as a backup dancer in a studio where Kobe was recording, even though the material was never released to the public, this raises the obvious question. Why would you need a backup dancer in a recording studio? You know, it's an audio situation there. So, you know, they started with a real, a real flare and a real spark that lasted these 10 years. And it's sad that it's now done. Uh, before I go on to our next story, I'd like to introduce my guest for the podcast today joining me for last week on earth is my dear friend. We've been on NPR's comedy Congress together for years. We, uh, you know, whose line is it anyway? You know, from all the things I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Greg Proops. Hello, Mr. Glebe. What's going on? Proop dog. Nothing much, baby. Just grooving on the Kobe thing. Uh, I think she, uh, waited this long because, um, legally now she's entitled to half of his belongings because of the 10 year limit mm. here in the state of California. So you think she was in this for money. So, wow. I know. Well, remember when he gave her, what was it? How much was that ring? Four million dollars. Four million dollar ring. That, yes. that takes away a little of the sting. It does. But at that moment, you must acknowledge your soul has been sold. When you're like, I'm mortally insulted by the, you, you cheated. It's a nice ring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back on board. Yeah. Her eyes turn into swirling vortexes as the diamonds <laughs> shine in them. Well, everything's okay now, kind of. <laughs> and they remember she was wearing a what, what the fuck are you looking at t-shirts at the Lakers courtside. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were looking at her, at her, at her titties so just slightly above and to the right of her diamond. Exactly. And I think they were perfectly matched. Yeah, indeed, indeed they were. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next story. If, if I could, um, you guys may have heard Kim Jong il, no longer ill. He has perished. Yeah. Kim Jong gone. Kim Jong gone. <laughs> the witch is dead. Um, Kim Jong-il, North Korea's ruthless leader, eccentric man. He's, he's died on a train, apparently of, of stress is what the North Korean government stress? said. Yeah, he was very stressed. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, not, not knowing if you were alive or not for the last couple of years is going to stress <laughs> anyone out, I think. Yeah, I've never seen somebody be so affected by a stroke. He was this big, portly guy pre-stroke. Mm. Has a stroke. Suddenly he's like a miniature, shriveled Asian woman. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the sun? Oh, he's I have chubby seen, as well. He is chubby. He's 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 like a young he's like a young Jong Il. His name is Kim Jong Un. Yeah, Kim Jong Un. Do you think the Koreans find it? Um, I don't know. I, ironic's the wrong word. It, that their leaders are so portly and that they're famous for famines over the last <laughs> ten years. Millions is, of people have died of starvation there, and yet their leaders seem to be plumping down Cheetos, and <laughs> watching videos from the West. And yeah, you're almost surprised that when one of the, one of them does pass away, that millions of citizens don't descend and just start eating them. <laughs> you know, they have proclivity for strange meats over there. <laughs> they, they do it all. Kim Jong-il himself enjoyed donkey meat. Did he really? He was a big fan of donkey meat. Oh, golly. Yeah, he was known for his, um, you know, obviously he had a great love of expensive cognac. America, he drank about $700,000 of cognac a year. Holy cow. That's a huge amount. Now, granted, that's in North Korean price terms because they mark up cognac huge over there. Getting into luxury like that's very expensive. So bottles like hmm. maybe, you know, 500 bucks or something, but still, it's a lot of cognac. And, um, he also loved American movies. As you mentioned, 20,000 movies in his collection and, um, a great love of foreign prostitutes. Yeah. And Beyonce, was it? He, there was one pop story, really. It might have been Beyonce. Yeah. 
No. Well, Qaddafi loved Condi Rice out of nowhere. Yeah, of all the Americans to choose. Well, he was pervy for those hard girls. He was indeed. <laughs> I think he just loved, you know, he got turned on by the fact that she acknowledged she was part of the Bush administration. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he really dug that. But um, he was a very uh, eccentric person. He was, uh, you know, of course, he always walked around in huge platform shoes. Six-inch heels, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and this huge bouffant hairstyle, and um, he was all about portraying himself as this superhuman figure, this legendary person. So he would make claims about himself that I guess the people would either believe out of fear or just they were so in this strange, deluded world that they didn't know any better. But he claimed uh, several things. I'll go through a list, and I'd love your thoughts. Please. Um, he was born under a double rainbow. Under the shine of a new star. Wasn't that rainbow bright? It was. I think that was. There was a little unicorn in that cartoon that had the same story. <laughs> yeah, I think occasionally <laughs> Kim Jong-il will, uh, he would unbutton his first few shirt, uh, buttons of his jumpsuit and a rainbow would shoot out. He also wore more jumpsuits than any dictator. Oh, he did, yeah, man. Yeah, he did. That guy, it's like he, he's always on the way to the gym, even though not <laughs> ever. Um, he kidnapped short people often. Did he? He had a big dislike of short people, so he would he would lure them into a trap by saying that um he had this super that that the government had this super growth hormone pill you could take, and he would in fact ship them off to uninhabited islands to get them out of the gene pool. Are you joking? That is a serious fact. Wow, no wonder I Huffington Post reports. The last time I bought Keebler Fudge cookies, <laughs> I noticed two of those guys were gone. <laughs> I had no idea they were like outside of Pyongyang in some weird. Island oh, yeah. captivity. They became nuclear reactor but testers. But wasn't he like 5'4 or something? I mean, Not with the platform shoes, No, right? yeah, the right, right. He's like Prince. <laughs> exactly right. Just because Prince is short doesn't mean you ever question his purpleness. No, 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 no. no. You, you can't do it. Um, he loved water slides. Water slides? Yeah, he had 17 homes in North Korea, and he would build very, very elaborate water slides. Water slides? Yeah. Was he a drunk hillbilly? <laughs> What is this, Six Flags? I won't go over there and one of them slides. I'm going get all slippy. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was weird. Very, very weird. It gets worse. It gets worse. He um, claimed he was the world's greatest sportsman and told his people that his first time ever attempting golf, he hit 11 holes in one. Oh, well, that, that I believe. That's obvious yeah, yeah, that's because huge. Asians are great at golf. One and two, I'm sure the guys just put it in the hole for him, and then it went in, almost divine emperor and an irrefutable master who does infallible things. Maybe he actually just had a water slide built from the end of his club into the hole, <laughs> and the ball would just traverse yeah. itself in. Um, you mentioned the uh, names that he would call himself. He would he would give people a very generous selection of things he could be called. He, um, he was known as the Shining Star of Pectu Mountain. Wow. Which I'm pretty sure is a Lord of the Rings sequel. Yes. Um, guiding Sunray, dear leader, great leader, respected leader, brilliant leader, mm. son of socialism. Ah, uh, yeah. That one's a little more intellectual. Yeah, the son of socialism. Yeah. yeah. The great son of life, great man who descended from heaven, which mm. that one even, when he thought of that one, he must have been like, am I, am I pushing up? Yeah, we're t- that's a toughie, that one. It's really, yeah, that's a hard one. Um, invincible and ever triumphant general and highest incarnation of the revolutionary comradely love. I see. And, uh, and what battles are we to presume he won over the years? Well, the ones with his internal demons. <laughs> and also when he would just randomly attack South Korea. Yeah. To keep them in check. Yeah. So that was nice of him. And he made it to the ripe old age of 69, huh? Yeah, right? Wow. For a sex freak, that is a, a fitting end. Yeah. 
That is a very, very fitting end. Um, do you think the world will miss this man? Oh, not in the least. Uh, I think he's a, uh, 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 one of the tyrants that we're all glad to see go. We're just hoping that Kim Jong Un isn't the kind of perpetual dense moron that this guy was. He passed over the other two sons. So one can only imagine the intellect on the other two kids. Yeah. That he picked the chubby little one. Yeah. Uh, who's never had any military or nope. governing experience ever. Was broken out earlier this year as a four-star general in a public ceremony. And yeah. then I believe they also found a train full of luxury goods that were headed for Kim Jong-un, <laughs> uh, his house. So uh, I think he's got the same taste as the old man. Oh, hopefully. And right off the bat, they already did a, a uh, ballistic missile test on Monday. Oh, yeah. just to show that he can pretend he's in charge hmm. and um he's also the one thing we do know about him he's 27 or 28 years old it's unknown because he's right. so, so reclusive but he does love the nba and he attended school where uh in england was it or he he's went under school an assumed in, name or switzerland he switzerland i believe school. yeah yeah but they say he was not a good student he, he would be he would, and he would go to class and be shipped right back to his compound he would not socialize much no and but but because he's a big fan of the nba maybe we can I think it's an opportunity for us to actually really strongly improve our relations with North Korea. Send Kobe's ex-wife. That's an awesome idea. You know what I'm saying? Well, you love NBA, and and I know he has a fervent love for it. Oh, yeah. He developed it when he was at school. He did. He did. And uh, how do you not? Because when you're in Switzerland, the NBA is all you have. (laughs) Yes. It's all you got when you're over there. Maybe we should send the Globetrotters over, and there could be a (laughs) Pyongyang pickup team that plays Uh, the part of the generals or whatever. That's not a bad idea at all. Make him – artificially inflate his ego and then have like a trick ball that explodes yeah. the arena. Yeah. Um, I would like to, as a final farewell to Kim Jong-il, play a uh, clip of him. This is him actually speaking with Hans Blix, who was the UN inspector general at the time. Um, a very frank, honest conversation that the two of them had. I think you can get a good sense for his personality in this clip. Hans Blix, what is the Hans Blix? Oh, no! Oh, hello. Great to see you again, Hans. Mr. Ill, I was supposed to be allowed to inspect your palace today, and your guards won't let me into certain areas. Hans, 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 we've been through this a dozen times. I don't have any weapons of mass destruction, okay, Hans? Then let me look around so I can ease the UN's collective mind. Hans, you're breaking my bars here, Hans, you're breaking my bars. That's so funny. It sounds a lot in that clip, like, frighteningly like the, the guys from Team America World Police. God, I love that picture, and I loved his song in it, too. Oh, so yeah. I'm so lonely. Yeah. That was the, the funniest depiction of, of a dictator in the last few years. It was amazing. He isolated himself so much from the world community. He developed nuclear weapons um, against the world's wishes, tested them unsuccessfully, mm. thank God. But um, those are loose now, so that's good. We should move on. Okay. Do you think the Chinese are behind him? That's what I always thought. Well, yeah, they are. I mean, they are. They already just came out and, and endorsed Kim Jong-un. Oh, of course they did. Of course they did. They want to keep that part destabilized to keep us in play at all times. Yeah, when you've got a nuclear-armed neighbor, what you want to do is keep them really loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. So that way you, you're the guys who have the, you know, because North Korea has the world's fourth largest military. Oh, golly. But China, um, certainly bigger and better and stronger. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're close to Japan, so they're poised for anything, really. Right. And I never even understood how, how, how did America pull the amazing PR maneuver of getting Japan to be our ally post dropping nuclear weapons on them? Yeah. That, that's a lot of Marshall Plan money is what that is. <laughs> yeah, it is. on the back and, hey, baseball's fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you ball. Tom Selleck yeah, and you'll yeah. shoot a film. Yeah. So there's that. Um, the war in Iraq officially over. Uh, sure. Yeah. 
Except for the 16,000 troops and the million mercenaries that are still there, but okay. Yeah, well, our or last 16, fight... are personnel, right? Personnel. We have no fighting troops left there. No, but there's still mercenaries. There's they're, still Blackwater employees. Well, they're not called Blackwater anymore. They're Teabag or whatever they are now. The Pinkwater. I think they're yeah. just trying to <laughs> uh, soften the image up a little bit. Um, I think... I don't know. I mean, John McCain on the Senate floor this week was very pissed about this. He was oh, yeah. He was fucking upset. He... And I quote, he said, this decision is dictated by politics, not our national security interests. I believe that history will judge this president's leadership with the scorn and disdain it deserves, my friend. You mean for keeping his promise after three years to pull out of Iraq, the thing he ran on, the thing that he impugned the war in 2002 when he was a state senator? Yeah, why is McCain acting surprised? Yeah, yeah. You may remember running against him. It was brought up more than once that maybe Iraq would be a bad uh, uh, idea. Yeah. But that said, I'm I'm a bit of two minds on now because I'm obviously very anti the Iraq war. I'm glad it's over. But at the same time, we've already done this. We've already lost so many lives. We've killed so many innocent Iraqis. Mm-hmm. And now we're just walking out and things are not really stable over there. And I am afraid that Iran's going to come in and that we already do have al-Qaeda there. So – we're going to leave this thing after lo- having lost so much, and we- we're going to we're very likely worse off. Oh, no question. The whole thing was a disaster. They didn't have a plan going in. They didn't send enough troops. There was no cohesiveness to what they were going to do. Shoving Maliki in as president, and then hey, he's your president now, everybody. When you put Who in the president, like him? let's see a show of hands. Oh shit! Everyone raised their hand. Yeah, when you put in the president, whose name is Maliki. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically, it's like I think he he might have been related to the genie that was in the box in the, on Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> I am Maliki Pee Wee, brother of Jumby. Uh, what's his name? Leon Panetta said yesterday it was worth it. You mean the trillions of dollars, <laughs> the hundreds of thousands of lives? There's somewhere in the neighborhood of what? Over 30,000 American wounded, never mind yeah. the other five or 8,000 dead. Right. Uh, but, well, dig scars, though, Greg. What, what is? What was worth it about it? I didn't get it. Well, Panetta, he just – I feel like he's very overwhelmed by being defense secretary. Yeah, yeah, just a little. He, he literally looks like like the cartoon droopy dog <laughs> without the charisma. <laughs> he's always like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> <clears throat> well, when when we first started over there, they sent over Paul Bremer and and all these incompetent boobs. Mm-hmm. And then then eight years later, when we've given away what was it six something like six billion dollars in cash, yeah, that's disappeared from over there. Hundreds of millions of dollars in cash, bundles and bags and trucks and planes full of cash that's just gone. Heaven knows where, except we know where, and it's to the heads of different corrupt organizations and you know their own special little police forces and you know. Yeah, but who needs – it's not like we need the money back home. Oh, no, no, no. And it didn't have anything to do with the economy failing. Right, exactly. If there's one thing you can do, it's conduct two wars, never tax anyone, and never pay your bills. I, I know. We've proven that. <laughs> I know. I love – and and then <laughs> and then uh, Rumsfeld would like fly out to Iraq, and he would say, look, guys, I know you don't have your armory need, but mm. the problem is that it's hard to get it. It's yeah. very hard to organize the logistics. What Why don't they it? just you, use FedEx for that shit? You go to the war, you go to war with the army you have or whatever. Remember exactly, that one? Exactly, right. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're all scoundrels and it's a scoundrelly war. I, you, I, like you say though, it is, it is not a promising situation coming up, but it, you know, it's as stable as it can be. They don't even have electricity every day of the week. So what kind of rebuilding is that? Well, that's not bad though, because when you only have electricity on certain days, game night, it's easier to schedule. <laughs> a lot easier to schedule. Schabel game nights. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, let's talk for a moment about the presidential election. The the Republican uh, primaries and caucuses are approaching. 
Um, it's very exciting. Michelle Bachman almost out. Crazy Eyes is almost done. This might be it, I think. Although it's horrible to see Ginrich rise so quickly and have the press keep echoing the same thing that he's the front runner and everybody likes him. And it's like, he is the most unelectable, unlikable, horrible, venomous twerp that has ever stood up there. Uh, and that's counting all the other people who are running right now. <laughs> yeah. I really don't see him getting much further. Well, he actually is starting to slip. I don't know if you saw in the last couple of days, he's actually slipping mm-hmm. now. His lead in Iowa is disappearing. He was at 27% two weeks ago. Last week, he was at 22%. Mm-hmm. He's still in the lead. Now he's at 14%. Right. But remember the beginning of the week when he's going to kick McNamee's ass and that'll vault him into the lead. And everybody always forgets that... It's a lot. Sometimes people win the caucus and don't win the presidency. Oh, it's yeah. It's not that vital. Very often. Frankly. Once the primaries get in full swing, everybody forgets about that group of people in a room with folding chairs and bad coffee and styrofoam cups. <laughs> exactly. We're enacting the Greek style of democracy where no one looks in the bowl except you look. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think they make a lot out of it. Uh, yeah. What a crew. I and mean, there's two people with any intelligence and the rest of them are absolute horrible human beings that you wouldn't even want to be hanging around with. Rick Perry, Michelle Bachman, uh, 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 Rick Santorum. Rick Santorum is a nasty piece of work, man. Could you imagine though? I mean, I feel like the one time I would like to be in a room with all of them, if I were really stoned, like maybe tripping on mushrooms, can you imagine how interesting that would be? Rick Perry wouldn't be threatened. He'd be like, come over here, man, this arm wrestle. Yes. Can I look at your Texas shape cufflinks for a while? <laughs> Michelle Bach would be like, oh, come over here because my husband's gay. Exactly. I need a little something. Oh, Michelle Bachman. Is this, is this really the end for little Caesar? You don't think she'll make it to the first round of, uh, also, Ginrich doesn't have like a, uh, uh, you know, what do they call it? Oh, a, a war chest and a campaign crew. And, yeah. You know, like Robin's sort of organized and has people that go from state to state and stuff like that. And I think Newt's kind of doing this like, Hey, everybody remembers me, right? Yeah. I was the guy who was very unstable for our country back then. Yeah. yeah. Since then, I've left a couple of wives, made millions of dollars. Now I'm a lot more suited to be your leader of the free world. Oh, my. He, he's just too much. And Ron Paul now, this is the only interesting thing, maybe a beacon of hope for the Republican Party. He's in the lead now in Iowa, 23%. Yeah. Romney's only at 20. He's at 23%. Ron I could see Paul winning in Iowa and then never winning another primary. I could see that happening as well. Remember, Huckabee won how many primaries in the last one? Uh, six, seven? You you were following it. Oh, six yeah. Six or 80. He won a bunch of states. Well, he, he and did. no one wanted Huckabee to be president, did they? Even in the states that he carried. No, but he's so good at playing guitar. Now he just... <laughs> He's, he's, he's lovely on Fox News now is the only thing. Well, that's what they all want, isn't it? I mean, I think that's what Michelle was angling for. And I don't think that's going to materialize. No. Well, I don't even, and I mean, just the hypocrisy of these people to me is unbelievable. Do you see, um, a few months back when there was the big common controversy mm-hmm. that common was going to perform at the White House and he was this big cop killing rapper? He's like the most progressive, enlightened right. rapper. He wears a sweater. He wears a sweater for Christ. Like his, <laughs> his lyric was not about killing cops. It was an ironic. He was acting out of character and. In the same episode when Huckabee railed against that on Huckabee, he ended the episode performing his guitar with Ted Nugent, who in that song sang some of the raunchiest, most inappropriate mm-hmm. anti-women lyrics I've ever heard in my life. Well, he did write the immortal classic Wang Dang Sweet Puntang, yeah. uh, which I think a lot of people forget about his tenderness toward the the female gender. It is. And when you have Sweet Puntang, anybody could write that part. But to put the Wang Dang in oh, front of it. yeah, yeah. It oh, shows you shows you love women. You can yank me and you can crank me, but don't you wake up and don't you thank me, I think is one of the 
find <laughs> lyrics from the 70s. Not that I know a lot of Ted Nugent lyrics, except I do, sadly. And yeah. I them, yeah. You're rattling them off. I had the album Cat Scratch Fever when I was a teenager. Oh, nice. It's a big record. That Very year. nice. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Paul, even though he's, he's do you think he ever, ever in, 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 in the, in an alternate bizarro version of the future, could he ever get the Republican nomination? No, because he's not a Republican on three or four basic tenets. Right. I'll, I'll hit the two that I know and Please. then you can fill in if there's others. Sure. He's against the wars and always was, yes. both of them. Yes. And that's not a position they hold dear. No. And secondly, he wants to abolish the Federal Reserve Bank. And as we know, the Federal Reserve Bank is calling all the shots and always does. Right. So those two things alone, I think, eh, eh. never mind that he's a misogynist and against abortion. Or whatever. <laughs> that always plays to the crowd, but he's such a weirdo and he's looking so callow that I just don't think he's a big winner for them. Yeah. He's a skinny little runty kind of guy. Yeah. I too like smart, his, too smart. Too. Yeah, I like that he's principled, but you're right. He does, he does take away the two, the two biggest Republican boner givers, which yeah. is the, he wants to end the Fed and he wants to not have all these foreign entanglements because we have problems to fix at home. The logic makes no sense to me. I feel like when you have problems at home, ignore them and start other wars to distract people. That's what I think. He's also against the TSA, which I loved him for. When they started doing the back scanners and, and all the deep pat-downs, he wrote some scathing uh, stuff and, and spoke in the Senate about how this is ridiculous well, violation of civil rights. It's only because he doesn't want anybody to see his teeny tiny little penis. That's the only reason. <laughs> um, and then two other things that he also is not very Republican in his beliefs is that he refuses to oppose gay marriage. Yeah. Which – Stopping gays from getting married makes makes Republicans so hard. Oh it's, yeah, it does. So he's not a, but he's not even a, he's not even necessarily necessarily pro gays. He just doesn't think it's something that the federal government should take on. Um, he's a little too commonsensical, frankly. Yeah, he doesn't play to the grandstand enough. You know, like Rick Romney is having trouble playing to the grandstand. It's not in him. No, he's not a grandstand guy. Perry loves it, but isn't quite capable of putting a lot of sentences together in a whole row <laughs> to form a paragraph of a position and they kind of like that occasionally and he winds up his preambles to his non-points oh so well he's like oh. and there's one thing america has to do and if you don't follow this one tenet and principle you will be a non-american and that is fuck yeah <laughs> he just doesn't have yeah. it he's grasping for straws yeah. Um, and Romney's wife this week, I guess in an attempt to humanize him and make him seem less robotic, um, says, oh, Mitt is not what you think at home. He's my most disobedient child. Oh, naughty Mitt. Uh-oh, he likes to play jokes, and he always likes to have a light moment. Always. Oh, a light moment, really? So he's not reading the Constitution when he's on top of her? <laughs> you have Honey, the right to assemble underneath me. Before we eat this <laughs> porridge together... <laughs> Allow me to unbutton my top button and tell you an anecdote from the campaign trail. I hope it's humorous, Mitt. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, let's not get carried away. I don't want our pulses to rise unnecessarily. Maybe a, a wit of jocularity, then? That I can achieve, <laughs> but only with those terms, and only under this agreement. I will never flip-flop on that. All right, proceed. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, you know, that's a quick little rundown of what's going on with the presidential race. And um, I'm going to move on now to a topic that I think is um, – I, I think it's important. And I wish that the, that the um, California legislature were able to tackle this better. Um, there was a measure. 71,000 signatures um, were, were behind this getting on the ballot and the Los Angeles city attorney's office has filed a lawsuit to keep this off of the June, 2012 ballot. Um, that would require porn actors to wear condoms during film shoots. 
really? We're legislating this now? Well, that's what they're trying. The attorney's office is saying we don't need to legislate this. It's already covered in workplace safety issues where you can't get into contact with airborne pathogens or bloodborne pathogens. Does OSHA actually go to porn sets out in the valley and go, hey, put a bag on that, sailor? OSHA does, but it's not the OSHA you're thinking of. It's the, oh, sexy hot ass. Oh, sexy hot ass administration. They check them out. Yeah, the Occupational Safety Hazard Administration, is that what OSHA is? And they're really – they want to – the city attorney's not allowing them to put this through? That's correct. You'll pardon the expression? Yeah, that's right. Stick this in? I think he doesn't want that on on the ballot. Maybe it would sully the cleanliness that is our elections. Yeah, because the the, um, um, gay marriage one last time was such a uh, dignified and seemly attempt to crush human rights. Well, whenever lots of Mormons in Utah are getting very riled up about an, a California ballot measure, you know it's something good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know you got to stand up for your rights at that point. Yeah. You know there's faggotry involved if they're getting huffy. Faggotry, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, very true. Um, Facebook. Um, there were a couple stories I read this week about Facebook that I wanted your thoughts on. Are you a big Facebook user, Greg? I do use Facebook. I don't know if I would say I was, I'm a big one, but I, I do participate. Are, are you addicted at all? Uh, I, no, more Twitter than Facebook. I love Twitter. Yeah. I love Twitter. Twitter fits our personalities more. It really does. ADD and there's immediate payoff. And right. And it doesn't have the guise of like, we're true friends. It's like, you right. want to hear what my posts are? Wonderful. We can interact, but it's not like we're friends for life. Right. Plus, I don't put like personal stuff on my, you know, I don't put like pictures of my family. Everybody puts their kids on. And, right. Like my uncle is, is Facebooking me now and putting humorous things. Oh, Jesus. And I don't know whether to unfriend him. You know oh, what I mean? He's yeah. my uncle and uh he's my mother's youngest brother. And, and like today he wrote, you're not the smartest man in the world. I am or whatever. Oh, like, Jesus. Oh, Christ. We've allowed you to get on social network and now you're doing this to me. People putting personal things like that and then letting... Like for me, Facebook is obviously only about promotion and dick pics. Yeah. And that's what it should stay as. I think so too. You know, but so this uh, story I read was, was analyzing the trends of when people unfriend people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, so maybe this will give you some insight uh, for your uncle. It says that, um, a, a, uh, small percentage of, of users don't actually determine who they're going to friend and unfriend based on personal metrics of, of who they actually know, of who they actually care about. They do it. 8% of survey respondents had friended people because of how physically attractive they are. Oh. 7% friended be- just to increase the number of their Facebook acquaintances. 7% friend fucking everybody, you sluts. Oh, that's just out of hand. They friend fucking everybody. 7% said they will add somebody based on the quality of their photo. I see. But here's the unfriend statistics, okay? Things that cause people to unfriend, offensive comments, and a lack of knowledge about the person were the two top reasons people unfriended people on Facebook, according to NM Insights Research. Uh, people were also more likely to be disturbed by the nature of content friends shared rather than the frequency. I wonder sometimes do I post too much? doesn't matter. 23% said they unfriended people over depressing comments. 14% over political comments and 6% because somebody had posted too frequently, just 6%. So where does offensive come in in that broad scheme of political and too frequent? I think that's both. I think uh, offensive is, is wow. political and depressing. Because I don't think anything is more subjective than the word offensive, quite frankly. Well, that's depressing true. too in one way. That's true. Yeah, the word offensive is – is um certainly different political interests will use that word to champion causes. If I've had to read on your Facebook posting that you were playing Angry Birds all day, 
I get a little offended. <laughs> and especially if you work in show business and you should be working at the office instead of playing Angry Birds or Jewels or Farmville or whatever nonsense you're doing out there. Sure, but, but slicing fruit and crushing jewels is lovely. <laughs> I one time saw a cop in line at Robex playing Angry Birds. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just your, your double duty to right protect now. and to waste time <laughs> to protect and to sling birds <laughs> should be written on the side <laughs> of police cars, police vehicles. Um, and then an, another article I read this week said that Facebook, it was, it was an article. It was just a blog actually written by somebody at the Harvard Business Review. And he said that he believes Facebook makes people miserable. He says that, you know, especially including the social networking sites, recent changes, spotlighting, what you're hearing, watching, and reading, it's geared to make users share a lot more, but that because of this, it's making everybody else by comparison look really, look very happy. People are posting all these activities oh. they're doing. People are feeling in, insecure about their own lives. Is that where the depressing part comes in? Oh, yeah. You said you read a book and you went to the movies and you had fun and you drank a milkshake and now I want to kill myself because... I wish I could read a book. Right. I want to I wanna read a book. Let me just read some more Facebook. Well, that's the other thing we always talk about with my wife. My wife is a really intelligent and she's on the internet a lot. Um, but she doesn't ever do Facebook. And so she knows a lot of things. She'll tell me facts and she'll discuss things with her friends and they'll go, how do you know this? And she's like, well, how often are you on the computer? And they're like, all day. And you're like, well, get off the Facebook for two <laughs> seconds and read some fucking news around here. Yeah. And then you'd know what I was fucking talking about. But reading Facebook, it's maybe they named it that way. So people could technically say they are reading a book. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I've been reading a book of faces all, 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 all day long. I'll tell you something that gave me, well, I don't know if it gave me hope, but it's certainly a, a, a vaguely interesting point. Last year, Mark Zuckenfucker, whatever Zuckenfucker, his name is, Zuckenfucker, the, name. the guy who started this thing, Zuckenfucker, was person of the year, even though that, uh, I didn't understand that one at all. Yeah. And then this year, it's the protest. It is indeed. Right? So I think, does that show a paradigm shift in where the giant media's outlook is going, where they actually recognize that people are dissatisfied and that a self-satisfied, self-aggrandizing young billionaire who will do anything for the giant corporations that are always perpetuating Facebook's wealth? Uh, or does it just simply mean that they went, oh, fuck it, he was hot last year, this year we'll go that. We won't have Steve Jobs do it. Well, no, it's an interesting theory that you have. <laughs> Except the fine print on Time Magazine announcing the protester as the person of the year. It's actually the people who are protesting Facebook's changes. Ah, well, so that's if I had read problem. further, Ben, I would have been more hip to that. Exactly. Drive. No, I think it is. I mean, hopefully it is a, a, a broadening of our interests as a planet mm. and, uh, a, a, a quality enhancing. Sure. Of our interests. What could be more self-interested than making the head of Facebook the person of the year? And then the next year, it's people who are protesting in the streets that are the people of the year. But interestingly, though, also Facebook and Twitter are like the major tools that are enabling these protests. They, they are used. Uh, at the English riots, it was proven because they did loads of studies afterward that no one was using it. The protesters were watching it on TV and going, let's go down there. Oh, really? They, yeah, hell yes. Now, TV, that's the one... TV is the box that's in your house, and um, uh, so do you mm. have a, 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 a disease that you need cured or whatever? If you watch the evening news, the Forever Lazy yeah, that's, box. That's it. That's the, the box one. where you can get the Forever Lazy. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you unzip and tells you how you unzip it and you pee with it. The, the the device in your house where two and a half men is still popular to a lot of people. That's the, <laughs> uh, the device I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know how that show is surviving the Ashton Kutcher divorce. That is tough. I know, man. When you just think about it. 
Well, if he didn't go to the Kobe well as often as he did, he might have survived that marriage. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, it's it's like you, you, at some point you have to say enough is enough. Maybe eight is enough. They should take advice from classic American television and stop at eight, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah, so protests certainly are are rising around the globe. We talked about it last week in Russia even. There are protests that are – protesting all week over that election. They won't get over it. I yeah. love it. And Russian TV, which is obviously state-controlled and state-run, actually reported the dissent for the first time this week because they were able to exploit a, a loophole that they were able to jump on thanks to Fox News making an error. Really? So Fox News' horrible research staff actually enabled the protest to be uh, reported, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, Fox News was covering the protest in Russia and erroneously used footage of a different protest of one of the – Arab Spring protest that was much larger. Uh-huh. And so they were able to use that as a back channel and use the footage and say, look how the West is misrepresenting our protests. In fact, uh-huh. ours are smaller, albeit they're still happening. Meet at the Kremlin at, at noon. Yeah. But so that's going to be interesting to see if they get executed. No kidding. He held a live uh, TV uh, Q&A. Then a couple nights ago. Who Putin did? Yeah, about a week ago. And they were, you know, reading questions and things like, um, about this election. <laughs> and he was adamant, you know, his usual, uh, the will of the people's been done and justice has been served and this and that and this. And, but the fact that he even has to address this. When I was growing up, Russian leaders didn't do anything except stand and wave as tanks mm-hmm. rolled by. And then they died and you didn't know for a few months. And then another one popped up. Yeah. It was equally ugly and icky. Yeah. They're saying that even <laughs> though he's, Obviously rigging the election that is going to take place in March to put him back in the presidentship. Um, he, uh, essentially is already, it's already almost a post-Putin era because he's not been able to really quash these, to squash this dissent so well. So he's going to have to be softer while in office and won't be able to be as despotic. Well, when Yeltsin makes you look like you know, when, when he makes Yeltsin look like Thomas Jefferson, I mean, <laughs> right. Putin is a nasty piece of work. Yeah, and Gorbachev's coming out this week. He's like, yes. this, this shit is fake. Yeah. Well, remember when Bush met Putin and said, I looked into his eyes and I knew I could trust him. It's like, he gave you the KGB hypno stare, bro. <laughs> he, he, he went into your mind and he, you know, <laughs> that's why you trusted him. Plus, adult. anytime George W. Bush believes he's read someone's soul, you run for the fucking oh, hills. No kidding, man. That's like straight opposite. That's like when your friend who's a drunk is like, believe me, I could drive. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. when you pull the fucking keys away from yeah, that reverse barometer, that one. Exactly. Um, so, um, that is interesting. And that ties in to, um, um, you mentioned, we were talking about all the protests happening around the world and about dissent being repressed, which naturally brings me to, to Iran, um, yes. which I'd like to discuss for a moment. Um, Tehran announced this week they will attempt to block the Strait of Hormuz in an exercise to prove they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is a member of Iranians of, of the Iranian Parliament's National Security Committee said on Monday that the military was set to practice its ability to close the Gulf to shipping at the narrow Strait of Hormuz, which is the most important transit channel in the world. Um, this was not officially confirmed. The the higher ups in the government denied this, but. This man, Parviz Sarvari, legislator, um, told a student news agency that we will hold the, mili- the military maneuver soon to close the strait because, and I quote, if the world wants to make the region insecure, we will make the world insecure. Oh, I see. So is the Strait of Hormuz the one that's at the end of the Red Sea at the top of the, uh, if you will, the Persian Gulf if, you're in a, if you live in Arabia? 
I was trying to look it up here on your little computer, but you're not. Uh, was that not connected? Apparently not. I'm not even certain. Um, to me, the Strait of Hormuz sounds delicious and reminds me of hummus. <laughs> that's, that's an old Alain <laughs> Gold joke. Hummus. Yes, exactly right. And uh, makes me want to dip pita into it. Uh, I do know that that the U.S. Um, actually patrols that area. Oh, absolutely. We have for years. And so that's going to be very interesting. Even in the 80s. Yeah, we have U.S. warships patrolling the strait. So it's going to be very interesting when they try to close it down and see how that comes to a head. Um, and another, you know, I reported last week that um, our drone that obviously – our CIA drone that went down in Iran, mm-hmm. um, we lost another drone this week. This last week, another of our drones went down. Attack of the drones. Do that one time. Attack, attack of, of the, the drones. drones. But by attack, I mean they're just falling out of the fucking sky. Well, he keeps asking for them back, does he not, very politely? He does. What we'd like to do is if you could give us back our drone, then we could be best friends. <laughs> BFFs, me and Bad Mood Ahmadinejad. But this one at least wasn't in Iran. This one crashed Tuesday morning in Seychelles. Seychelles? I don't know how you pronounce oh, out it. Oh, in the Indian Ocean there? Right, in the Indian Ocean, uh, in the archipelago um, out there, the, the uh, little cluster of islands that serves as a base for our anti-piracy operations out there, yeah. um, as well as our surveillance missions over Somalia. Because we never just want to be anti-pirate. We want to also... Oh, no. We, uh, we observe everybody. Observe and report. I, we're running heedless with the drones everywhere, using them to kill people, just firing them willy-nilly. Isn't the whole point of having unmanned drones that these things are going to be safe? You're just controlling with a joystick in an office Pretty somewhere. Much, yeah. These guys are just boozing up thinking it's an actual video game where you crash and you immediately get to just restart where <laughs> yeah, you were. I need a new life. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so uh, that's very interesting. And um, – I don't know. I just hope we, we can get our drones under control. It's very important to me. Um, because we also are using our, our drones in that part of the world to, um, to monitor and attack Al Qaeda affiliates that are in that part of the world. And we need to do that because Al Qaeda, and I'm going to go on a limb here. They're up to no good. You think so? That's my, that's my feeling about them. Since we've wiped out, uh, their purported leader who was watching porn in a compound in Pakistan, I would have thought they, maybe they weren't quite as powerful as they once were. This one unreported, um, during the raid on bin Laden's uh-huh. compound, but he did have a lot of porn, but he was tantric about it. And oh, he was, he? he was, he was jerking for years <laughs> and yeah. was ready when the troops came in. Right. He splashed them with yeah. a force never to be seen before. <laughs> So, I mean, it didn't kill them, but it was gross. No. It was really gross. He was hoping it would fall into an orifice and create hundreds of Bin Laden babies. But it, I don't Yikes. think that happened. That chinless douche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that brings us, obviously, you know, speaking of, um, you know, terror and global issues, it obviously brings us to one of God's children, Tim Tebow. You know, I haven't been Tebowing as much as I might. I, I just fin- I just learned how to plank a couple of weeks ago. It's all going so quickly now. <laughs> Let me fill you in, if I may. Uh-huh. Um, Tim Tebow, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, very religious man, very yes. Christian man. Uh, he is a, a a fundamentalist Christian. He prays to Jesus at every turn on the sidelines, after games, mm-hmm. pregames. He won six games in a row for the Denver Broncos, and everybody was saying it was God's work. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saying this was God's work his pastor said obviously god is interfering in these games to make sure he wins yeah. which came to a crashing halt this sunday when the patriots and tom brady kicked his ass 
It's funny how Jesus loses interest after a couple half dozen games or whatever. It really is. It's like obviously Jesus wanted Tebow to win, but not over the Patriots. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're America's team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Jesus is watching, going, "Um, that dude's with Giselle. If you don't <laughs> understand divinity, I, let me explain it to you. When you can enter an angel, <laughs> one who has a secret, a Victoria's secret. Oh yeah, then, Victorian almost. Mm. Then, th- then that's where my vote's going. It's very true. I mean, I talked about this actually on on a on a Chelsea the other day. It's so amazing to me that because Tebow himself even says God doesn't care about football, but his pastor and all these all right. these very religious people are saying, "Oh, it's God's will." How do you possibly ever even people are people allow so many problems of of uh, just hypocritical thoughts they just have contrary thoughts they ignore in their brains how do you ever think god cares about football when god allows like the nuclear disaster and tidal wave tsunami Uh in japan any of these things like god was so into football he did the wave (laughs) right that's why he created the tsunami i mean it doesn't make any the only time i believed it was when the saints won the super bowl right (laughs) very surely he's only got one team or the cardinals i suppose very true yeah, I mean, I heard kind of a gruesome story one time when, when the first tsunami happened, the one in Thailand a couple years mm-hmm. back. Um, it was kind of gruesome, but it really just illustrated the, 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 the stupidity of believing that, that God actually interferes in day-to-day events on, on this planet mm-hmm. was there was this boat of orphans. This one guy ran an orphanage, was trying to save, and he was literally, he's talking on, on CNN about how he's, he's, rowing this boat of orphans across a sea of dead people i mean yeah. there's literally hundreds of people and he's like it was clearly a miracle that we could get these orphans out of there over a sea of dead right. people what about those people they don't get a miracle they don't want they don't they didn't ask for a miracle yeah those people um and another uh you know religious anecdote i always love is when pope john paul ii was dying a few years back whenever mm-hmm. it was five years ago or so um I, I always thought it was so funny how you could tell that even the newscasters couldn't reconcile religious ideology with facts because he was dying and um, he was on his deathbed. He was, he, he was almost out. And uh, the reporter says, and millions of, of devotees and religious people around the globe are holding vigils right now, praying for the recovery of the Pope. He will be missed. So he's going to die anyway. Yeah. Like he, he, he didn't even consider the possibility that millions of people praying for the same one thing, the life of the man closest to God, could mm-hmm. have no effect whatsoever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get one prayer Petition for – Petition denied. Yeah, exactly. We're not getting that on the ballot. It's too yeah, costly. Uh-uh. Yet one prayer for a touchdown or a bracelet or right a – Right to the top. Or a my yeah straight up there from a my favorite uh fuck pony doll or some shit yeah that's on God's list oh I you know if there is a God and there is and she's a as I've often said a Filipino lesbian I think she <laughs> set the ball in motion and then had other shit to do like hang the firmament of the universe I don't know if they're really spending all their time maybe the people who live on Alpha Centauri are like you know our when we play snoofish. Here, you know, we win every week because <laughs> Snoofish, very popular game. That's, a, that's what they play on other planets. I just happen to know that. It's very true. Yeah. Um, are you a Google fan? What are your thoughts about Google? Um, I think it's hilarious. Yesterday I went on Google because I was looking up the top events of 2011. Right. Because I wanted to go back over and look at jokes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was Google Chrome or whatever. And if you look it up, the top 
what they their criterion for the top events not a quorum of like maybe you thought about what the top events might be like oh i don't know fukushima sure things like that uh the arab spring uh you know the presidential race rebecca black <laughs> ryan dunn <laughs> I mean, it was basically what the morons who use Google to search searched the most, and they were sticking by it. And then there was a game <laughs> in there somewhere. The, like the fifth or sixth one was a game. Sure, of course. And then the, the seventh or eighth one was Raves, this probably. oblique, just Japanese characters that I was like, well, what the, what is that? You know? Well, people love Japanese characters. Yeah, anime really is sexy. Do. Anime is very sexy. Rebecca Black, by the way, you have to understand that, Greg, because Rebecca Black, she loves Friday. Yes. And, As do we all. Yeah, and then Friday when it, when it comes, it's like, that's how you know it's the weekend, yeah. weekend. Yeah, weekend. That's yeah. how you know, Greg, when Friday comes. And, and how I, else are you going to know? I don't know. And she's in, is it the front seat? I can't remember. Or no, the, she's in the back seat. She's in the back seat, yeah. With her friends. Right. Uh, the, the articles that came along with the revelation that she was the most searched person of the year yeah. called her a sensation, a breakthrough, a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking right now, We've all forgotten her pretty much since her two seconds of glory earlier in the year. Well, you might have missed it. The, the term worldwide phenomenon was redefined this year to mean when your parents are rich and make you a music video. <laughs> That's the new meaning of it these days. Um, another thing that was obviously huge um, in the search terms this, this year and just in our world consciousness as well it should be is the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, there is a sound clip I would love to play for you in a moment that's one of my favorite sound clips I've ever heard because it is Barbara Walters um, smacking down Kim Kardashian oh, really? and, and her whole family. She interviewed him, them in her most interesting people of the year special because Barbara does have her finger on the pulse of – I was going to say there's two categories they don't qualify for. <laughs> people and interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, so this first, I'm going to play you two different clips, but the first clip is, is pretty amazing. This is Barbara Walters, um, putting a very interesting point to the Kardashian family. You don't really act. You don't sing. You don't dance. You don't have any, forgive me, any talent. But we're still entertaining people. I think it's more of a challenge for you to go on a reality show and get people to fall in love with you for being you. So there is definitely a lot more pressure, I think, to be famous for being ourselves. You first. Yeah. Wow. A lot more pressure. It's a lot more pressure because when you have to do just your own life and not the other thing, which is the talent, Uh it's harder. Clearly. she didn't notice. She didn't say there's lots more expectation. There's just more pressure on her to yeah. what go. I need milk or whatever. Or, or well, that, I guess she'd never say that. I need no. shoes. Shoes and lip gloss. Yeah, are key. I think she eats lip gloss, by the way. Yeah, I I need to text more of my douchebag friends. Well, yeah, because here's the thing. It's a lot of pressure, Greg. When you're her, it's like you don't have to fill your time. You can't have the luxury of filling your time with a job or a skill so it's like your camera's filming you you gotta be bitchy or say something snarky or bang somebody on camera as soon as you can just to entertain people because of the pressure it gives well she she married a dude this year who no one had ever heard of uh that plays in sports and then divorced Mm -hmm. him what three two how many weeks 72 days 10 weeks later yeah 72 glorious days of sadness. And then, uh, already in the tabloids I'm reading, she's looking to get married again and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, blah, cause you know what? It's not about love. It's about numbers. Oh, yeah. And if one doesn't work out, you gotta replace that spot. Do you think we're on the downside of them? Or, or, or are we still waiting for that 
epic wave to crest even higher. Because I go around the country, as you do. Yeah. You play everywhere. I make a few Kardashian jokes here and there. Women genuinely like them. Yeah. Uh, it's not an easy, it's not a free throw like Britney was or like Jessica Simpson. Heaven knows I made a living making fun of Jessica Simpson. Sure. Uh, but those were free throws or even in Lindsay when it was first funny, like four years ago. Yeah. Before, before her teeth started to get affected by the Coke and meth. Exactly. Before she started to look like an 85 year old. Exactly. Uh, all those people you could make fun of and everybody would just go, right, they're douchebags. Yeah. But uh, with the Kardashians, there's a defensiveness because they are representing for ethnic girls and chubby girls who never had anyone <laughs> right. represent for them before. They are actually stars for them. And I think that's a positive thing. On the other hand, of course, they're the most fatuous, vacuous, horrible, untalented group of Armenian prostitutes that have ever been foisted on the American public. So I'm going to ignore you said that because that that's hurtful to me and to America. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right. whatever that sentence you just said was, the fact is they're a family unit and they love each other. Okay. All right. And you can actually see in this next sound clip how much they love each other because how does a family, how do you judge a family when, how they react to difficult circumstances? Yes. And Kim had a difficult circumstance. She, you know, she, she, she got banged on camera. Yes. I remember that. And here is her response and her, sorry, this is her mother's response to how that affected her when she knew that her daughter was now globally known for getting fucked on camera. How did you feel? It was devastating for the whole family. And you cry yourself to sleep for a few nights. Then you hire a really good attorney and try to make something better or, you know, happen. And there it is. She almost spilled it. Uh-huh. Better. You, you tried to make something, create a franchise, exploit your daughter's misery after a couple nights of faking the tears. I was supposed to say that to impress you. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That was really telling, wasn't it? Oh, man. Well, we all know that she's the – Chris is like, you know, Baba Yaga or whatever. She's got a big <laughs> stew pot full of evil and her house walks on stilts and, you know, she's – uh. It's extraordinary. <laughs> walks on still. I mean, you know, we all saw the Kim video and Ray, oh, Ray, video. Ray J. Ray J. I mean, wow. He's not even like the drummer in the Wu Tangs. We're talking about a <laughs> low rent hip hop artist here. I mean, he's aim a little higher, you know, even the girls on Flavor of Love had more, you know, going on. <laughs> and one of them shit on the floor. Yeah. You know, she's still more of an intellectual wizard than Ray J. I mean, the, 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 yeah. But that, Kim was so hot in that damn. In that you damn, liked it, did you? Oh, I did. Better like than it. the Paris Hilton video with what's his name? The creepy dude with the Vegasy dude, Rick, what's his head? Right, Rick, uh. What the no, fucking, uh, I forget the Rick. married Pam Anderson ever so briefly. Yeah. Uh, I did like the Kim video better because she just has a little more body there. And she was a little, she was a little, she didn't have the like, Uber billionaire heiress removed. Oh no, no malaise during no, the sex video. Like, yeah, I'll small. fuck you, yeah, but yeah, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. Kim was kind of more like, give it to me, yeah. give it to me now. I'm even censoring some. She said some sentences in that video that were just like they'll resonate. That's why I still have an effect, a bit of an affection for her, just for her sexual prowess. Um, well, she's enthusiastic. Oh, she is. She's a, she's a very spirited woman. Yeah. Um, I think my computer got unplugged, by the way. If somebody could plug it back in for me, cause I'm, I'm running, I'm running low, captain. Oh no, there's no more crystals. <laughs> I would like some more crystals if possible. Um, your highly trained stone crew here is looking for the plug now. <laughs> um, let's talk about something pretty serious and crazy that's, that's happening right now. Um, 
this is a uh this is a tough one. Um you thought detention sucked in high school. We will now most likely be having indefinite detention of US citizens. Uh-huh. Um the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, um somebody on Twitter asked me to discuss this. Um who was it? Do I even have it? No, I don't. I don't have the name here anymore. I apologize. But um this was this is a developing story that happening that's happening this last week. The House voted two eighty three to one thirty six to pass the National Defense Authorization Act, despite impassioned pleas from both sides, mm-hmm. from the Republicans and Democrats, saying, um, maybe we should not pass something that expands upon and cements into law the ability of our nation to detain anybody we suspect or claim to suspect of anything terrorist related citizen or non-citizen without a charge without a lawyer without a trial without anything um and our own little guantanamo it's cute for us yeah and a lot of people don't i'm actually broadcasting this with greg from guantanamo right now we snuck microphones in here and um we have not eaten in a long time i was gonna say being force-fed chip beef is just a bummer in the morning mm, chip beef's great at first the first 800 meals right. and then Mm-mm. drops off quick yeah the glitter rubs right off. It really does. Um, I'd like to play real quick a sound clip so you can even hear the words directly from the horse's mouths. Uh, let's start first with John McCain, the John McCain clip. Um, this, this is Senator Rand Paul questioning John McCain as to whether this does apply to American citizens or not. And here's his response. A bit flippant. Uh, yeah. My question would be, under the provisions, would it be possible that an American citizen then could be declared an enemy combatant and sent to Guantanamo Bay and detained indefinitely? I think that as long as that uh, individual, uh, no matter who they are, if they pose a threat to the security of the United States of America, should not be allowed to continue that threat. And I think that's the majority of American public opinion, especially in light of the facts that I continue to repeat to the senator from Kentucky. 27% of detainees who were released got back in the fight and were responsible for the deaths of Americans. We need to take every step necessary to prevent that from happening. That's for the safety and security of the men and women who are out there putting their lives on the line in our armed services. Uh, I cannot stand more than anything when people completely manipulate and misread statistics. Mm-hmm. 27% of people who were kept illegally against their will without formal charges in Guantanamo then wanted to harm us? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they were kept against their will without formal charges. That creates enemies. There's a little animosity after you've had a hood over your head and been beaten ceaselessly for years at a time without ever getting to talk to a lawyer or anything like that. Why, Greg? Uh, you know what it is? It's just pure churlishness on the part of captives. Yeah. Why can't they be Stockholm Syndrome people and go like, you know what? Oh, I didn't no. realize my captors had a shining city on a hill full of liberty and that I should want to live in that and stop whining about being beaten ceaselessly. They give me beef chips because they love me. Exactly. Well, also, the, we're doing this to protect the security of the men and women who defend us is the last redoubt of the scoundrel. Of course. Anytime you wrap yourself in the flag, anytime you're protecting the troops, blah, blah, blah. And for detention, for a man who was detained... It's amazing to me. ...by the North Vietnamese government against his will without a trial and tortured, he should be more adamant than anyone that... Because we know we just killed an American right that we we droned yet i mean he wasn't living here but uh that that last um 
he wasn't a sheikh either, but I can't even remember his bloody name because that's how in possession of the facts I am. But you know the figure <laughs> who I'm talking about, yeah. about a month ago. And he was in America. He had been born in America. And when you start killing Americans summarily without a trial or even charges, um, that's the end, baby. This is, then it's Orwell world. Then it goes from, Oh, it's for the protection of the troops, too. You know, Ben, you were talking some shit on your podcast the other day. Right. I found a little suspect. And then further than that, you were thinking about talking some shit on your podcast because we saw some emails. And then further than that, you were thinking about it because I saw some books that you'd ordered on Amazon. And then further than that, you were thinking about it because I overheard a conversation you were having with some other... (laughs) First of all, this is a comedy podcast, and I don't even know what you're talking about. Is everything here just went in jest? And uh, to the government officials listening, I love you guys. I love America. Oh, see, can you see? She's just a small town girl living in the lonely world. Wow. That's why we're not singers, no, Greg. That's why we are not Kardashians. But because the pressure's on. Allow me to risk my liberty once more and play another sound clip from these uh Senate uh hearings about this. Uh Lindsey Graham, if I could. Lindsey Graham sharing his opinion about why he thinks it's important and what our approach will be once this NDAA passes that Obama apparently is going to sign. Oh yes. He's into it. He uh he you know campaigned on wanting to roll back the affront on our civil liberties that was the Patriot Act and that was the um, authorization bill for the military to imprison people without rights. That at least didn't include American citizens in its language. Mm-hmm. Now it does. Obama's like, I'm into it. Here's Lindsey Graham, his subtle approach of how he would deal with it once this passes. And to those American citizens thinking about helping al-Qaeda, <laughs> please know what will come your way. Death detention, prosecution. And when they say, I want my lawyer, you tell them, shut up. Your time is expired. Oh, my goodness. You're an enemy combatant, and we're going to talk to you about why you joined al-Qaeda. We're going to tell you to shut up when you're an enemy combatant and say no lawyer, even if you're an American and we can't prove it. What if this was uh, being discussed in the um, Iranian parliament, and we were listening to them a talk about what they were going to do to us and 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 detain anyone they suspected and throw us in jail and cover us with uh, burlap sacks and beat us ceaselessly and keep us awake. Well, and- we wouldn't be cool with that, Greg, because they're darker. I see. They're darker skinned than us. Now I get it. I yeah, get it. That's what makes it bad for question. them yeah. and good for us because they're evil and we're good. But I love that he doesn't think that it's going to ever apply to Americans because obviously that's what this is here for. Yeah. They're not passing this to protect us. They're passing this so that they can get us as they are with the Patriot Act and uh, being able to read your emails, which they can do. Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, and anyone who's still apologizing for Obama at this point, I would, this, this story should really kind of hit you to where he's coming from. Yeah, unless he just makes a stand and vetoes this and does not sign it, which will come on his desk and next – she'll come on his desk. That sounded dirty for no reason. As I will come on your desk right after this show. <laughs> but uh yeah, if he signs this, that's fucked up because it even proves that it's, it's meant to include Americans because Dianne Feinstein tried to put a provision in mm-hmm. to say it cannot apply to Americans on American soil. And they said, nope, we're not putting that in. Yeah. And he said that executive branch has to have that power, otherwise their hands are tied. Uh, and as he's pointed out at the top, not only did liberal, soft, baby-killing Democrats uh, <laughs> argue against this, many staunch American-loving people wrapped in American flags who like 
you know, it wasn't an across the board popular move because of the severity and unbelievable Nazi consequences of this. Right. Next is it national identity cards. And then uh, I'm going to pull you over and I want to see your paper. Chips and, in your wrist. Oh, hell yeah. Well, that's another thing. It's a story from last week's last week on Earth I didn't get to. So I'll get to it this week on last week is that, um, yeah, process it for I'm a second. Stay, I'm going to stay with you. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, there was a big scare in New Jersey last week when we're, Verizon customers got a text message sent to their phones that said, seek shelter immediately what? until 1.24 p.m. U.S. government. And it was a mistake. It was sent an error as a test of a new system that the government has now mandated that all the major cell phone carriers implant a chip in all new smartphones that the government can send out emergency text messages oh at will God. to every phone. And look at the reverse of that. That also means they know where you are all oh, the yeah. time because your phone's a locator and your phone's also a microphone even when it's not on. That's the thing. That's the, <laughs> right. That's the scariest thing. Jay West, our standard was telling, telling me about this last week. There's a backup battery apparently in our phones that has an extra microphone. You know it. That you can apparently take out. But if you don't, they can activate it, and so we're all, we're all bugged. That's not a good at thing. At all times, like I'm looking at your little computer here, and the the camera that's in it. Yeah. Um, that also is a camera that can go. And if, if you're online, even if you're not online, they yeah. can put you online. Well, that's and, been proven several times because I don't yeah. even remember about two years ago there was a story that was buried in the news, but some elementary school in our country was busted by. They made all all their students have this program to do their homework mm -hmm. on, and they were caught activating their remotely activating their webcams and spying on them. Yeah. And they got in big trouble, which is the ultimate way, if you think about it, that our government could blackmail any of our citizens. Can you imagine if there's anything they want us to do and we don't want to do? And they sit us down. They're like, really? Can I show you these 12,000 masturbation videos oh, yeah. I have oh, yeah. of you jerking it in front of your laptop? Oh, yeah. To really weird porn. Yeah. Uh, you in line now or what? Absolutely. Well, that's the next step. I mean, you know, that's what I always tell people. Every phone is, is a microphone and every camera is, uh, can be watched by the, what, what does Orwell say in uh, 1984? He goes into the toilet in one scene and he goes, there was no place you could be more sure you were being watched. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whereas that's great. We think now while well, the toilet's still safe haven, even in an airport, right. you go into an airport toilet and be fairly certain they're not watching you. Right. But, mm, not really much anymore. No. Yeah. I've, uh, I've a, I've a, I've a bit about that in my stand-up bag actually that, uh, Rick Overton gave me a tag mm. that was exactly about that is that your cell phones now have a, in your GPS settings has a thing that says disable satellites. Mm -hmm. And you know when you click that, that's when they train in on you. Uh -huh. <laughs> Why are you disabling? <laughs> exactly. That's when they're really looking. But, you know, that's the only thing that Orwell didn't predict that, that, because everything else in 1984 has come true, mm -hmm. except the one thing that he didn't predict, and it's so much more evil genius about the way that our government and our corporations, Google is a company I'm, I'm honestly at times very scared of because aside from the fact that Google, it's two eyes right in the middle. You drop, put a dot in the middle of those two O's, and there are glasses looking at you. Yeah. Okay? Um, but um, the only thing he didn't predict was that he thought it was going to be this cold, dystopian, dark future where we'd be scared of the screen in our apartment. Instead, they gave us all this yeah, cool technology yeah, yeah. and made it really awesome and fun. And we're like, you get to film your friends and film each other. And you get to have GPS in your phone. So we literally now yeah, we opt into screen, it. Yeah. They just played yeah. to our narcissism. Yeah. So we opt into this shit. So we literally have screens, telescreens now in our apartments that we choose to have aiming at us all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. And um, 
you know, they just made this shit fun. We have, we have satellite tracking technology in our phones. Look, I can get to the Dairy Queen quicker yeah. with this thing that can also track me. It's fucking nuts. And it's not just that you was within your own phone. Try this if you ever want to experiment with it. If you ever get lost driving somewhere, pull, and your phone has a, has a GPS in it, pull over to the side of the road, call 411. They can guide you. They mm-hmm. say, here's exactly where you are. Here's where you got to go. They immediately know where you are. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. Yeah, it is. I think you're right. That's, I, I always think about that, especially in the, with the passing of Steve Jobs and everybody, what, a, what a cultural lion he was and everything. Yeah. Uh, the, the other side of phones and how fun they are, like you say, it's just pure narcissism that got us to swallow it. Yeah. As you, opposed to being an authoritarian, uh, a totalitarian, authoritarian, territory, territory. Right. Yeah. No, people want to play with their telescreen and be looked at all the bloody time. Yeah. It's literally, it's like, we're going to be end up. We're going to end up being in like vans being taken to government internment camps. I'm be like, look at these touch screens in the back of the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your interactive internment can scream will lead you <laughs> through the process of being incarcerated by the government. <laughs> we'll be sitting there. I'd like to shut up. <laughs> we'll be sitting there in a, an execution chamber with a great touch screen that you can go whoop yeah, and make it bigger and smaller. Your death. Yeah, choose which method you'd like for your execution. Gas. Gas. That's yeah. hilarious. It sounds like a fart. I'm going to press that one. What else have we got? Electric chair. Now that sounds scary. What? Make you feed your own bills into the machine oh, to yeah. kill yourself, and all of a sudden you're getting kind of sleepy, aren't you? They can follow everything, and they and they don't want people to be off the grid. I mean, there's a real resistance to that now too. If you tried to take all your money out of a bank and not have any credit cards and not have a government ID, mm-hmm. I mean, you can live without a government ID. There are people who don't have driver's licenses or passports, right? But so how do they get around, right? I mean, you can't fly anywhere, obviously. Well, they travel mostly on two freeway on ramps and off ramps during the <laughs> orange trade. <laughs> but this week, actually, senators are actually encouraging a, a antitrust probe into Google. For these exact reasons. Thank fuck. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they, you know, control 90% of the search market, Bing's trying to do it. But oh, and, and who allowed Google to drive up and down every goddamn street in the country and take pictures of my house? Those fucking cameras. When did that fucking just become, oh, you can get to do that. So you can go online and look at your own apartment here, and I'm sure there's a picture of us sitting here, you know? I, I just, uh. Because we all want it. We the no telecom one stands companies against it. never back down when the government always makes them do right. these things. And they could be suing them and bringing lawsuits against them and go, no, we're not going to do that. But they don't. And Google, oh my goodness, they'll knuckle under to any totality, you know, the Chinese, anybody. Well, yeah, they already proved that they do not, I mean, they, they are the biggest cohort in this 1984 mm-hmm. style takeover information because they control our information. Yeah. That's what the whole thing is, is, is the Ministry of Information. They control what the fact and history of our world is, and they've already agreed to alter those results in China because the government wants it. So they're saying essentially we are willing to lie about what the world is, what the facts are for money. Ben, I think you'll find the most important story of this year was Rebecca Black and then Ryan Dunn. (laughs) Uh, Google, Google, do not lie. Yeah. Well, if you Google let it snow, Google came out with this great new little Easter egg this week. If you Google let it snow, snow falls on your screen and covers your screen all nice, which shows they have a great sense of humor and a a very simple ability to manipulate search results. Oh, also Google Chrome was one of the top stories of the year, in case you didn't remember that Google Chrome was so important in your life. Interesting, huh? That was one of Google's top Google stories. Yes, and there was a long article about how unbelievably sensational Google Chrome was. Well, you know, that's because – and that's unbiased. It's just because that's oh, what came up in the algorithm. It's news. 
Google's slogan, which always from day one made me very suspect, their motto as a company is don't be evil. Yeah, right. Uh, protesting a bit much there, yeah, no? no kidding, right? Don't be evil. It's just don't be evil. And then they're the most – also, I don't understand why they expand into every industry. Mm-hmm. Until recently, they had a Google energy company trying to find other energy sources. Yeah. They just came out this week, announced that they, they've invented a driverless car. That's oh, something really? somebody – on Twitter told me to talk about the driver uh, l- last man eating. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a driverless car. And also this week they're talking about their one step closer to give, giving us Terminator style glasses oh, right. where we can get information of everything we're seeing in our field of vision. Oh, hooray. Isn't that what we want? Yeah. To not, never have a pure view of the world again, but to have just lots of, of Google ads and sponsored facts popping up in our vision. I wish I was on my phone right now. I know. I, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah. You and I could be texting this podcast yeah. back and forth. I should be live tweeting this. And then they could be, they could subpoena the texts. So whatever we say, they could have a written record. Oh, yes, they will. And you know what your recourse is? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is some pretty scary stuff that um obviously is dangerous to talk about. It's scary to talk about, and that's why um let's talk about James Franco. All right. James Franco this week was responsible for the death for the death? Wow. My I brain thought he is- only got fired. <laughs> My brain is got a little dark. I didn't realize James Franco had capital punishment at his uh, <laughs> fingertips. Can I be Franco with yeah, you? Please do. Please be James Franco. He didn't kill anybody. He um, was responsible for the firing of a professor at NYU. Um, the professor's name is the New York Post, Post. The New York Post reports that Jose Angel Santana. An impeachable Santana. source of news. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it is. The tabloidistic yet still journalistically very full of integrity. Sure. Uh, New York Post says that Jose Angel Santana, or as he says in Spanish, Jose Angel Santana, um, filed a lawsuit against NYU saying that they fired him because he gave Franco a D. Did he watch the Oscars? Was it a performance D or? <laughs> that guy that was, looks high. And I was, hate the drug outfit. <laughs> D plus. <laughs> How ballsy though to host the Oscars high. You gotta yeah, hand him yeah, that. Yeah. But 12, he missed 12 out of 14 classes, gave him a D in the university. Apparently was not cool with that. And I side with the university because James Frank, James Franco is famous. Mm-hmm. So how do you give him anything but an A just for A for, for awesome fame level? Well, if you saw Pineapple Express, I don't think there's any way you failed this guy. There's no way you can fail him. Yeah. You can get out of any situation. Right. He ate his arm off in that one movie. Right. Yeah. He ate his arm off in 127 right. hours. Right. Because he got hungry. Yeah. And he was tired of eating beef chips. <laughs> I think they should bring him back every year for the Oscars. That way, in about three years, the Oscars won't be on anymore. <laughs> and then we won't have to pretend that there's a bunch of great movies every year. Or we can just all get as stoned as he was, and we'll have no short-term memory of the program we just right. watched. I don't even know what I just watched. I don't know what's worse, seeing him stonedly, horribly host the Oscars, or how a cheery Anne Hathaway was singing... My favorite part was when she uh, sat on the side of the stage uh, and I was like, you're 22. You haven't achieved Elaine Stritchhood. You're not a beloved American performer yet. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dick, but actually only this many people know who you are. So when you sit down and like, you know, when I started in this business, hey, you're 11. Hey, Justin Bieber, stand the fuck up and do your act. Yeah. uh, Anne Hathaway is just a slightly older Rebecca Black. Pretty much. She. Oh, my God. We're so gonna get in trouble. Now you're going to get emails. People are going to write, I fucking love Bride Wars or whatever, and you suck balls. Love and other drugs. You do see your titties in that movie, so that's do nice. You? Yeah. 
A lot of times. Notice how she was dating that guy who ripped everyone off and then went to actual prison and then we haven't heard a thing about that and it never really happened. Yeah. Well, you know, she's like, she likes to move on and that's why she did a couple of titty show and movies. Absolutely. I feel like that, that movie, there was like her character was sad, had some kind of disease. I was like, I'll deal with the titties. Let's right. see the titties. Right. Um, Fukushima Daiaki still leaking. Oh, don't worry about it. It's not in the news that much. Therefore, it's not very important. Yeah, it's barely happening. Oh, no, no. Um, the nuclear reactor in, in Japan that, of course, suffered the disaster after the tsunami and earthquake hit. Earthquake and tsunami, actually, in that order, to be technically accurate. Um, Japan's prime minister on Friday announced that the plant has finally achieved the stable state of cold shutdown. I see. So it's been almost a year. What was it, March? Nine months. Yeah, yeah. it was March. And... um so it, it's still leaking, but it's a big step towards their eventually one day sort of being able to lift the evacuation orders and then close the plant. Can they eat the food that's grown in their country right now? Can you actually eat? You can, and then you grow huge. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, the, uh, apparently it's, and it's, this is the worst, you know, nuclear crisis since Chernobyl in 86. I'd say it, it's a lot worse than Chernobyl. Yeah, I mean, this thing is spilling forever, right? And yeah. it's probably spilling here in California. Oh, yeah. It has been. They've showed spike levels in the radiation, but um, 140 miles of northeast Tokyo still is vulnerable to the contamination and radiation from this plant that it says will take 30 or more years to fully close. Yeah. This is what I don't understand about nuclear energy. I get you can get great energy from it, but it's fucking scary as shit. I'm sure I could get energy from swallowing a fucking cat. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's safe or like a smart move. No, and again, Obama's for promoting nuclear power. They, this right. country won't stop it. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that at all. But um, I'll tell you what, the one great, great benefit is my balls have grown. Oh, yeah. To a size. Oh, and they're going to carry on growing. Oh, yeah. And they'll grow their own balls. I can just sit on them now like one of those bouncy sacks when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. I, I actually get to work by bouncing on my balls like one of those roo kangaroo bouncy sacks. <laughs> so that's a positive of no, nuclear there are, there's fallout. Always a, there's always a positive. It's a silver lining. Your, yeah. your balls look huge. I can't even I can see through your jeans. Or my, mine are gigantic now. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to the day when uh, an island full of monsters fights it out to settle this once and for all because I think that's the ultimate uh, payoff on this. Which actually ties back to our, to our earlier story about Kim Jong-il. No. So obsessed with movies, he one time kidnapped and acclaimed two acclaimed South Korean uh, film directors really? and made them remake Godzilla. Really? Made them remake the movie. So does Godzilla lose in this version? No, in this version, <laughs> Godzilla ends up praying to the great leader ah, yeah. and then plays a great round of golf where he loses to Kim Jong-il. Right, the dream catcher, yeah. And then he loses on a chip shot at the end. <laughs> That's exactly right. I make hole in one. You nothing, Godzilla. <laughs> a beef chip shot. Yeah, yeah. A beef chip shot. <laughs> you got God in your name, but I'm the dream catcher. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this podcast, by the way, brought to you by audible.com, our sponsor today. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash last week and, uh, you can get a free download. I'm, I recently downloaded, uh, Thomas Friedman's That Used to Be Us, How America Fell Behind in the World and it, in the world it invented and how we can come back. And when I say come back, I do not mean that sexually. I don't think the book does. No. But I just mean return. How it can return to where it once was. You mean those storied days of glorious greatness when black people couldn't go to school with white people, those great days? 
Well, those were just good days because they were a simpler time. Greg. They really were. So people knew their place then. You could go to the malt shop and get white malts or chocolate malts, and they were like different malts. Yeah. Now people get swirls, and it's confusing. Well, you, now women have authority. It's just a That's horrible thing. world we live it's in. It's so hard. It really is. It's so hard. Um, we're going to do a few comments from Twitter, and then we will go into our thunder round and wrap this puppy up. Oh, right. sorry. We're going to do we're go, going soon into our thunder round. That was great. Let's try it was just on the second word. Into our thunder round. Less effective that way. Um, Okay, so a couple things from Twitter I'd like to just share real quick. You can contact me at Ben Glebe on Twitter and ask me anything. I'll bring it up on the show next week if it's noteworthy or or interesting. Um, Hashtag last week on earth if if you please. If you don't want to, I don't really care that much. Um, I asked a question this week on Twitter. I said, dear short-term memory, I can't find my weed. Mm. Any idea where I put it? And uh, Josh Manders replied, at Ben Glebe, I would love to smoke with you. Which is not a an say, answer. That, that actually didn't address your question. It didn't address it at all. I would have said, in that coffee can underneath the sink. Because you've whatever. been to my apartment. Right. That's the only thing. Um, Grant Cotter, comedian friend of mine, said, in your lungs. Yeah. Which ended up being accurate. Right. You found it, you'd already smoked it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wasn't referring to pre-smoke. It's in the dispensary down on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah, that's where, that's it, where you left That's it. where you can replenish it. Yeah. Um, and we will actually get to a weed story in, in a thunder round in a moment. And then Shell Ray One uh, replied, did you check the freezer? Oh. Which um, makes no sense to me because that's where you keep ice cream. Oh, no, you can keep weed in the freezer. You can? Yeah, yeah. Stop but it. But in one of those little jars. You keep it in a jar in the freezer. Yeah, what does it do keeps to it? Keeps it fresh. Really? Yeah. Okay, shall we? Doesn't like lose to, its potency then. I would like to apologize. But don't let it get moist or nothing. You gotta keep it, you know, keep it away. Hermetically yeah, sealed. Yeah, don't let it, yeah. Like yeah, a Karnak on the <laughs> Like the ancient Egyptians, you have to bury a person <laughs> with it and then wall it up. <laughs> formaldehyde the shit out of that weed. Because yeah. you get real high when you right. smoke formaldehyde. It has to be in a canopic jar that's been, yeah, yeah. Preferably canopic. Yes. If possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, somebody said to me, uh, Dwell Taylor on Twitter said, Ben Glebe, you just made one of my life coach clients miss a session. Thanks, but I get it reluctantly. Um, I'm assuming that means they were listening to the podcast and didn't go in for the life coaching session. Oh, I thought because of the weed question, they were looking for your weed. Oh, no, totally separate oh, question. Okay. And here's the, uh, if they were, that's very nice of you. Yeah. I think they were listening to the podcast. And if so, that's the right choice because you don't need a life coach when you have last week on earth. We kind of coach you through the planet. So yeah. it's obvious. Who has a life coach? I mean, honestly. Yeah, well, why, why have a life coach? I would, I would get a life advisor or a life manager. I don't want someone there going, all right, all right, come on. You keep, don't want the guy wearing the same keep, uniform you yeah, are. Keep on living. <laughs> on Live, pod- live more. <laughs> on your podcast, Smartest Man in the World, the smartest man in the world, um, you are always by yourself on this podcast, right? I am, Yes. A lot of people don't know, however, I've been co-hosting all of them with you. I just am sitting there in silence. Oh, no. Ben sits there quietly and hands me uh, hands me notes, sometimes shows me his phone with pictures mm. of the two of us. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. It's so we fun. We look for weed together while we're doing the Proopcast. <laughs> Any other plugs you want to get out of the way before we go into our thunder uh, well, you can go see. Uh, you can download my podcast for free as, as you can on yours if you go to iTunes and just go to The Smartest Men in the World. Or you can go to Proopcast.com and there's a, several different feeds there and – Knock yourself out. It's free. And I'll be doing it uh, in San Francisco on the 28th at the Punchline. I'll be in San Francisco all weekend for New Year's weekend. And then uh, on the 28th, we're doing, uh, I think, a 10.15 or 10.30 uh, podcast live at the Punch. Oh, nice. Very cool. There. If you've ever played the Punchline, you know how small that room is. Uh, 
a hundred and something. It's just really yeah, nice. I haven't, I haven't, intimate, I, I haven't played it. Thanks for rubbing that in. Oh, wow. Um, December 22, I'll be at Comedy Juice Ice House. December 28, Comedy Juice Hollywood Improv. Might do my seventh annual eggnog thing that night. No promises. And well, what, um, what's your eggnog thing? Well, every year I teach the crowd how to make a proper eggnog. With using real eggs in your whisk and everything? No, no, no. Just using eggnog and lots of alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, it ends up do with me getting. You go rum or you go brandy? I go both. Oh, yeah. I get a bit plastery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During this yeah, demonstration. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming in January, I'll be in Montana, February, Edmonton, uh, Alberta, Canada. Check out bengleeb.com for full calendar and info. I also will post a lot of the articles that we talk about today on the show. If you want to read more about them on the blog, you can click th- th- uh, to or through at bengleeb.com. So check that out if you feel like it. You don't have to. It's just doing it extra. Like you're not doing me any favors. Uh, don't if you don't want to. I don't fine. You know you can you can smoke weed and. Uh, you know, listen to Rebecca Black all evening. <laughs> and you probably will. It bothers me not at all. Um, and uh, I think it is now time for our Thunder Round. Yeah. The Thunder Round has commenced. Let's go. Here we go. Okay, we're going to go fast through some of these topics. I'd love your thoughts. Um, Christmas tree at the Capitol uh, does not have any ornaments that are visibly displayed praising Jesus or even mentioning Christmas. One does praise Obama. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, now they've got the tree exactly the way they want it. Exactly. Do you think that we should be able to, 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 to have Christmas and Jesus images in public spaces sponsored by the government? Uh, I think the government's doing whatever it wants all the time. I think this is an irrelevancy. That's a good point. It's a very good point. Next story. Uh, I call this story Chaz Bono Nomo Bango Sexo Fiance. And uh, what that means in English is uh, Chaz Bono, as just after dating for six years, his fiance Jennifer Elia, they've called it quits. I know. Isn't this a shocking story? When a couple like that can't give it a go, you just – but he's going to find someone else. There's no hope for any of us transgendered. No, no. There he, he, you know what? I think he danced his way into a lot of other girls' hearts. I yeah. Think maybe that's where this, this one's going to end. And I don't blame the girl either because I feel like when your spouse switches sexes on you – that's grounds to literally say, you're not the person I used to love. Right. I used to get in bed with you and we did one thing. And now that's all <laughs> different. Also, when your mom is Cher, and if you've ever read Cher's <laughs> tweets, it's like looking at an 11-year-old's tweets in a 6-year-old's oh, is that body. Right? Oh, yeah. It'll be like, I love you, exclamation, exclamation, one. Hey, tweets. And she uses fours and twos and uses. and oh, stuff. Oh, cute. Oh, no. It's like she took Twitter 101. It's awesome. Is it just at Cher? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, you can God. go to at Cher. It's really good. That's but when Chaz awesome. was in uh, Dancing with the Stars... She was the oppressive stage mom. You know, oh, yeah. like I'm sure Chaz at that point was like, literally get off my dick. <laughs> the world's first intersex mayor has been elected, Tony Briffa, in uh, the city of Hobson's Bay, just outside of Melbourne, Australia. Uh, intersex. And uh, Briffa apparently is a genuine independent uh, public official. Not a member of either political party. So this person is not like to attach to any label. Isn't that awesome? Very cool. You talk about being off the grid. Right. No kidding, right? <laughs> I don't know where it's going to go or where it can go. The only thing I don't understand about being intersex. What does that mean? I think it means that they have both genitalia. Oh, well, then he can actually go fuck himself, I suppose. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, it just brings up so many questions. Does this person – do you think that's what happens? Do you think that person has sex with Sherm Sh- 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 self? 
Uh, no, I don't think he has sex with them. Well, as, as we all do in that way, but, uh, uh no, I, I think it just opens up a lot of possibilities. It really does. Yeah. You never need to go out. Oh no, you're popular at home. Cuts it down on, on, on your, on your alcohol tab for sure. Um, the actor from Lean On Me, one of the stars of the movie Lean On Me, Jermaine Huggy Hopkins, um, was, um, he was arrested for weed. How much weed did he have? 200 pounds of weed. Um, so what? It's the weekend. <laughs> it's the freaking we weekend. Are going to party or what? To have me some fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's time to really rock it. He was caught by an undercover cop who sold him the 200 pounds. Feels like entrapment to me. Yeah. But he said that he got the 200 pounds um, because at home, they also raided his home and found another 100 pounds of marijuana. It's a smart move. When you're down to 100 pounds, you got to get back to the store. You know how it is when you look at those last few roaches and you think, I got to get some. Exactly right. He looked at that 100 pounds and went, dude, I need a couple hundred pounds. Yeah, and he told the the, the Phoenix police, he was arrested in Phoenix, he told them that um, he'd arranged a weed deal so he could provide a nice Christmas for his family. I think that's sweet. That's a very, very high Christmas. I think uh, everyone needs to get off the prosecuting weed and maybe arrest the head of Citibank right before the holidays. Right, no shit. I feel as though we really need to divert all of our attention from drug prosecutions. This guy was in Lean on Me. Yeah, every, that made people happy. I got weed on me. <laughs> when you're not stoned, I'll be your friend. I'll help you yeah. hit the bong. I liked it. You liked it? Yeah, yeah. I just sang a lot there. It just felt. I, I sing all the time on my show. You do? Yeah. If it's just, it's fun to do it's sometimes. Fun, yeah. Um, holiday season, gun sales are up. Perfect. Wait, thirty two percent up from last year. They always rise during the holiday season. Do they really? They always rise. Is it true that suicides rise during a holiday, or is that just one of those nonsense things they always trot out every year? If I knew that, Greg, I wouldn't be able to answer the question. Would I? <laughs> I would assume it's probably true. Do gun sales go up because they're presents? I or? think some of them are presents. Oh. People just also get scared. It's dark. People are, are really, you know, wondering about. I hear, I hear 16, I hear little hooves on my roof. I shooting the holes in your roof yeah. and then you end up being nothing. It's like yeah. a rat that walked right. by and then you got holes in your fucking roof right. and it's winter and it rains and you end up shooting yourself. A lot of women are buying guns too. Pink guns. That I'm for. <laughs> yeah. I was making it a little bit less approachable at the bar. However, that said, but more of a tussle in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That is very true. Um, and uh, what else can I discuss with you guys before we head out of here? There's one story I'd like to leave you with. And this is one that I think is very interesting. Um, well, actually, two. I'm going to talk in a, in a second about somebody who, who passed away this week and we'll leave you with that. But before that, there's one story that's been developing for years at the CERN laboratory in Switzerland. They have the Large Hadron Collider. It's this huge collider that is able to smash atoms together. And they're trying to recreate in, in, in a small way the, the Big Bang, which is kind of frightening. But they're trying to find what's known as the Higgs boson or the God particle. Mm -hmm. There's this particle that um, explains a lot of the mysteries of the, a lot of the unanswered questions about how the universe works, where gravity comes from. And if they can isolate this one little particle, it will really give a lot of answer to kind of – congeal a lot of these different quantum physics and astrophysics that that are to this point unreconciled do you think we're gonna find oh sorry so i just finished saying what happened this week they identified something that might be that particle they're not ready to say it is they need to run right. more tests but they might have that god particle identified will this change everything 
Uh, certainly not. No one pays any attention to <laughs> science whatsoever. They also discovered there was things that move faster than the speed of light this year, which throws Einstein and Stephen Hawking's and Newton into a cocked hat, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, people will carry on believing the same stupid shit they believe. And, uh, <laughs> but it's fabulous that, uh, they can even, uh, uh, toy with the idea of being God. It's just a little scary to me that they're trying to recreate conditions similar to the Big Bang. Because I like that they know that they can presume that they know what those conditions were, but that's just another sign. Well, yeah, they're thing. just taking a big leap. I think they saw the beginning of contact, and they're yeah. like, this has got to be how it went down. And then radio frequencies happen. If it's good enough for Jody Foster for science, it's good enough for me. Small moves, Sparks. Yeah. Small moves. Yeah. Um, and a, a bit of a sad story, but a great human being that passed away this week, unfortunately, Christopher Hitchens, a great, uh, satirist, really, a critic of, of American culture, of our planet, of, of just hypocrisy. Um, he, he passed away of esophageal cancer this week. Um, you, you Hitchens fan? I, I thought he was very witty and I, I loved his stance on religion. Um, I thought it was a bit misogynistic for me and sure. uh, also, uh, I was all for the drinking and smoking. Sure. Um, and and he supported the war in Iraq, which I, I thought was the one giant fallacy in his – for someone that informed, that cynical, that in the know, that knew that many movers and shakers to before that fucking horrible war smacked of hypocrisy on his part. Why me. did he? Why did he? I don't know. I can only hazard a guess. We were discussing earlier I, he was either paid or it's some sort of weird personal axe he was grinding. Uh, against uh, whether it's Islam or just the world in general, because he said he was never going to lose any sleep over it, right? Yeah, right. All those deaths and all that jazz and da 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 da. Now, again, he was just a journalist, so he didn't start the war and he didn't make the war. Right. That was, uh, you know, our government. Um, but a very sharp tongue, this guy. What was it that he one time said about Mother Teresa? He was not a huge fan of Mother Teresa. Albanian so no. dwarf. He called her an Albanian dwarf. Or troll, was it? And then he, and, and Diana, troll dwarf. an airhead after she died. Well, that's the thing. He was, hor- he was horrible about Falwell and quite right because Falwell was a charlatan. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he has a great quote about, about, yeah. uh, Falwell's one of my favorites. He goes, if Falwell would have been given an enema, he could have been buried in a matchbox. <laughs> yeah. Saying he's largely full of shit, guys. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Uh, no, he 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 was a he was a fearless uh, journalist, except in that one regard. That's what yeah. I could never understand about him. But uh, yes, I was a fan. Uh, he he was certainly when you'd see him on TV with, and particularly, I've been enjoying the last week going back and watching a bunch of the videos um, when he would go on Fox News because he is in possession of the facts and he went to Oxford and he's an English person who could debate like a motherfucker. So to tangle with this guy, you're already weighing above your head. Mm-hmm. And you know how they are on Fox News. They just go, well, this erroneous fact is something I'm standing behind. And then he would <laughs> boom, 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 just eviscerate it. Yeah. And looking decidedly unwell and hungover in a good deal of the oh, videos, yeah. you know. Uh, there's the Falwell one, and, there, and Reed is on from the Christian Coalition, and he goes, Falwell-inspired people, and blah, 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 and fucking Hitchens goes, no, he didn't. He was a charlotte and just, you know, shoots it all down. Yeah. And then they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They're like, well, what about he's dead and polite discourse? And he's like, fuck that. Oh, no, that's when you run into an immediate Fox News alert. Yeah, yeah. Palin said something, and he actually had a great quote against Palin. He had this amazing, wry, kind of biting British accent. And he said about 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 uh, Sarah Palin, he goes, she's got no charisma of any kind, I can imagine. Her being mildly useful, however, to a low-ranked porn director. I uh, see. Which is probably true. Probably pretty useful. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a, he, he, he wouldn't. 
take Christianity on and he knew he was dying for a year. And that I respect him for because he said, what was it that the idea that someone who was accidentally executed 2000 years ago is vicariously absolving me of my sins. I cannot fucking believe. At this point. <laughs> so I guess sometimes there are atheists in foxholes. Yeah. Huh? Um, Greg, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Ben. What a great show. I appreciate you being here. Please listen to Greg's podcast, The Smartest Man in the World. Subscribe to mine as well. You're already probably listening, so maybe you're I'm preaching to the choir. Don't go to your life, coach. Listen to Ben's podcast. Exactly. Have priorities, people. I will leave you with a rare bit of sort of singing from the late, great Christopher Hitchens drinking a song, uh, singing a song about his drinking habits and maybe people's perceptions of them. This has been Last Week on Earth. It was early last September, as near as I remember. I was falling down the street in drunken pride when I fell into the gutter, thinking thoughts I dare not utter. And a pig came up and lay down by me side. As I lay there in that gutter, thinking thoughts I dare not utter, a fair young maid came by and she did say... You can tell a man who boozes by the company he chooses. And at that, the pig got up and walked away. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.